I told somebody off in work last week because he was going on about his birthday all the time and he's 49. I said, you're not supposed to go on about your birthday when you're 49. That's something you do when you're like 23 or whatever. And that's all I've done since I told him that. I was going on about my birthday. Sorry, everyone. But it is my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the last time I'm going to mention it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can I just say how lovely it is to see Roger and Linda this morning? And how you've kept us going with your comments. (laughs) on the old Facebook. Raj, we've really enjoyed them. Truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is oh. it truth in there somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely to see you both. Um, right, well, I thought to myself, it's been ages since I've been up here, and now I'm standing up here, and it just feels like I haven't been away. But, like, it is five, six months, is it? Five months since we've met together. And I, I think it was February since I last stood up here, so... It was one of the last. Yeah. Put the markers on that one. <laughs> I hope that's not the case this morning. And I don't know where I've been, because I've changed my mind about the million times on what I'm going to say this morning. So, um, as Mar- in the words of Miranda, bear with. <laughs> um, right, so... Uh, Apparently, you've got to ask a question. (laughs) So, (laughs) precedent has been set. I don't know who it is next week, but I tell you what, now the pressure is on. (laughs) So, my question to start this morning's meeting, um, sermon, is what does distance mean to you? I asked Matthew this question yesterday. Um and asked him what the word distance conjures up. And apart from the obvious, uh, the word distance, apart from what you would just like say, well, that's between, like, a gap between you and there is the distance, what connotations does it bring up? And he hit the nail right on the head. In my mind, it conjures up a problem. Distance will always conjure up in my mind a problem, and that's exactly what Matthew said. So I must be on the right wavelength here. You're done with the kids. I'm done with the kids. I need to get there, and I am you. How am I going to cover the distance to get where I want to go? Of course, there's always our feet, or if you're the Gregory clan, there's your bike, or there's a car. Now, Paul, if you look at the car, or you can get on the bus if you've got a mask, or a train. But sometimes it's not as easy as just doing that. No, and I was, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking there are people here this morning who have relatives who live long distances from them, and distance is a problem. And there's an ache in the heart because they want to see them and spend time with them, but are unable to do so because the distance is too vast to cover. Of course, distance is a very inward at the moment. I'm going to point to that sign there. David doesn't like that sign. 
I don't like that sign. Does anybody like that sign? <laughs> Please keep two metres apart. Don't sit on that seat. Don't go down that aisle that way. You have to go the other way. I hate going to the shops now. I absolutely hate it. The joy of shopping has gone, which I suppose is a... <laughs> we, we, end, we go, and then I say to Paula, oh, I've had enough. Let's just get back in the car. I want to go home. We all have to adhere to the two-metre rule. And the barriers that that has caused over the last five months is unbelievable. Who would have ever have known how hard that it would that that would be? Suddenly, two meters feels like this large expanse between two people, and it's just not right. Humans need comfort; they need touch; they need to be hugged by their big brothers. <laughs> At a time when we need that hug. To reassure, to reassure us that it will all be okay. How many times have we heard that <laughs> over these last few months? It's all going to be okay. When I first, um, when we went into lockdown and I first started going to work, every morning I would look in the mirror at work and say, Al, you can do this. <laughs> you can do this. Because it was a really, really tough time. It still is a real tough time. And we need comfort from each other to, re to reassure us that we can get through this. It's the very time, as I say, it's the very time that we can't do it. Who knew that distance would affect us in this building? That we are all sitting in together, but not together. The Bible tells us to greet each other with a holy kiss. Well, I'm telling you, that's definitely out. <laughs> and has been replaced by a holy elbow bump. <laughs> we could go on and talk about long-distance rela long relationships. Long-distance relationships. And what do people say? Oh, I know I said it when Daniel had a girlfriend in Cardiff. Cardiff, mind you. It's only like 20 minutes down the road. Oh, it'll never last. It'll never work. Or if somebody was going out with somebody in England somewhere. Oh, my word. That will never work. All that distance between you, it will never work. Well, we've been married 30 years this year, love, so it worked. Some people in normal times have to come out to work sometimes adding many hours to their day distance is definitely a word that conjures up problems sometimes mind it is good to keep your distance if you are on a diet distancing yourself from cream cakes and hot chocolate with woolly cream on the top and marshmallows stuck in is a very good idea. <laughs> if you are trying to give up smoking, then do not go anywhere near your cigarettes. The Bible is very clear that we stay away from worldly things. Jesus is prayer in John 17. He prays that we are in this world but we are not of it. This is, this is not our home, it's just a stopgap. 
And 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17, says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So, keeping our distance from harmful things keeps us closer to God, which is where we all want to be. We keep away from bad relationships, from toxic relationships. That's the in phrase at the minute, toxic relationships. Keep away from those things. Things that would bring us down as, to, as opposed to encouraging us. So in these areas, distance is a good thing. But if you notice, they're keeping us away from all the things that are not good for us. So really, it's still negative. It's still a negative word. So as I was thinking about distance, I, sort of, I can't, was thinking about, so what about us and God? Probably all of us have had days, weeks and months when God seems especially far away. David, in one of his psalms, writes about feeling abandoned by God. Listen to this. I'm going to read Psalm 13, verses 1 and 2. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? You can feel his torment as he cries out to God. He thinks God's forgotten him. Sometimes we feel distance from, distant from God because we have sin in our lives or because we have turned our back towards him, thinking that he cannot possibly enter into our situation. Maybe our grief is too great or our problems are too big. Or perhaps we just plain ignoring him and not letting him touch us in a way that will change us. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we don't want to be changed. No. We don't want to change. So if we ignore him and we don't want to deal with a certain situation that's in our life, then if we just ignore him, then he can't touch us. But sometimes we haven't got any of those issues going on. But we just can't seem to find him. We just can't seem to feel his presence. As far as I can see in this psalm, uh, and, and I don't know, but I, I mean, I know I'm not a big delver, and probably Terence can do a big, big delving thing to, to know why he is feeling like this at this particular time. But as far as I can see, there is no evidence evidence that David has sinned or that any other reason why he feels abandoned by God. He just did. And his soul was in torment. But let's read on to verse 3 and 4. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me 
rejoice when I am moved. He pleads with God to hear him. You know, I've said it before, and in fact, it was the last time I spoke up here, that God does not hide from us. He does not play games with our feelings. How cruel that would be. He loves us. And if we are feeling abandoned by him, let's keep pressing in. Petition him like David did. And then, like David did, speak his truth into your life. Listen to this. But I have trusted in your mercy. So he just, a minute ago, said that he felt abandoned, felt forgotten, and yet here he is, even in those situations with those feelings. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. We may feel like we've been abandoned. We may feel like we've been forgotten by God, but we're not, and we never, ever will be. And those truths we need to speak into our lives. And I just want to read a few more of those truths that we can speak into our lives if we are feeling like that this morning. Verse, uh, Psalm 9, Psalms have been a biggie today, so I'm going to just read a couple more. Psalm 9 verse 10 says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. You never forsake us. James 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I often think about that verse and think, well, have I got to draw near to him for him to draw near to me? Because he's already so near to me. But I don't think it's that. I think it's because when you draw near to him, you can feel his presence. Whereas if you're far away from him, even though he's still with you, you can't feel him so much. But as we enter into his presence, he will draw that much closer to us because we're allowing him to and allowing him to do that work in our lives and of course everyone's favourite Hebrews 13 verse 5 Joe you were favourite for he himself has said I will never leave you or forsake you so glad this morning that he will never ever leave us or forsake us and I got a couple more by you that I just want to read Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then a Psalm 73, verses 23 to 26. I love this one. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire, desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, 
but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And you know, when I was looking at these verses to to uplift us, to speak um, into our lives, to 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 look at at ourselves in the morning and say, He's not going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. I don't care what I'm going to go through today. He's by my side. He's with me. He's always there. I don't care what I'm feeling. I know that he is there. He is right there. And I was thinking, when, as I was looking at these verses, um, a lot of them are um, to Joshua and to the um, to the Israelites. I think Joshua had a bit of a complex, to be honest, because God is forever telling him, I'm with you. Be bold. Be strong. I'm with you. I'm standing with you. And I think he must have been, well, a bit like me. Lord, are you really there? Are you really going to be with me when we're doing this and we're doing that? Because he tells him time and time and time again mm-hmm. that he is with him. And you know what? what he, the God, the same God that was with Joshua, the same God that brought down the walls of Jericho and took them into the promised land is the same God that is with us this morning. Amen. And whatever Amen. we are going through, whether it's a little thing or a massive thing that you think is going to take over your whole life, then he is in the middle of it and he is with you. You know, God is not into long-distance relationships. He doesn't have to adhere to the two-metre rule. Beth Midler sang a song. One line says... God is watching us from a distance. Even though that's a lovely song, it's rubbish. (laughs) God is watching us up close and personal. We were a million miles away from him with no thought of him. Enemies of God is how we are described. I don't know, Terence said that one Thursday night and do you know what, it hit me like, I don't know what. I was an enemy of God. That's how I'm described in the Bible, his enemy. But what did he do? He left the glory of heaven and he came down to where we were. He made the distance between him and us bearable. Where there once was a void, there is now a way. He made a way where there was no way. And I'm just going to read Philippians 2 because this is how... He made that way. Philippians 2, starting at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That's what he did. That's what he did. He laid aside his glory and he crossed that distance like it was nothing. And he was born in that manger and he grew up to be, and he was one of us. He became, God became one of us. That's what he thinks of distance. Nothing. It's nothing to him. Thank you, Jesus, that you made a way so that distance has not become between us. You are closer to me than my very breath. You are living inside me by your Holy Spirit. You know, we are looking forward to a time 
whenever that will be. As we heard last week, Jesus is coming again. Physical distance will no longer be an issue. We will see him face to face. We won't have to sanitise ourselves. Do you know why? Because we're already wetter than snow. We'll be able to hold him tight and bask in his physical presence. But until then, let us be assured that he is always with us. Whatever we are feeling this morning, whether we are feeling him up close and personal, or whether we are feeling abandoned and forgotten, always be assured that he is with us. Lo, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Amen.